0: This is the Golden V Podcast. The Golden Vee Podcast is a Vancouver, Canada-based podcast talking Vancouver sports. We talk about hockey, football, baseball, soccer, and other sports, including the Canucks, Lions, Vancouver Whitecaps, Canadians, and any other relevant sports news in the Vancouver, Canada area. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's Season 2, Episode 9 of the Golden Vee Podcast uh, being recorded. uh, And not that it really matters, on Thursday, November 17th. So we got the Canucks uh, playing the Kings this Friday in Vancouver tomorrow night. I haven't actually followed that much of the Los Angeles Kings Um, This year, um, but they are 11-7-1, and and they were playing the Oilers yesterday, beating them 3-1. And so, uh, you know, the Canucks are going to be in tough against the Kings team that's pretty decent again this year after taking that same Edmonton team to the seventh game of the first round last year. Uh, And so uh, we're still going to talk about a lot of Canucks stuff, but obviously Bruce Bruder is still here as a Canucks coach temporarily for now as many many uh, rumors continue to circulate about whether he's going to be fired uh, but it led me to that question about are we going to have another new head coach do you bring in someone like a Rick Tockett I'm looking at a tweet from uh, Darren Drager from the um, Ray and Dregs podcast with Ray Ferraro um, about former player and head coach Rick Tockett's links to the Canucks and um, you know that's a really tough one as i've said to have three coaches in th- in a year for the same team with green being fired bruce being here for a year and then now you're going to bring in another head coach which i think is a huge huge mistake and it really points to a team that is just they're really without direction you know they're almost totally and completely uh, i don't know if rudderless is the right word out of control is the right word what it is but it's a mess and i was actually looking back and we, uh, I know a lot of local sports shows talk about Canucks past and Canucks history uh, and the Keenan Messier era from about 97 uh, through 99 as being one of the dark eras in Canucks history. And this is not there yet, but it's getting close. But one of the ones, eras of Canucks history that's really dark is the mid-1980s, which a lot of uh, Canuck fans like myself know well. Uh, starting in about 1984, 85 through 87, 88 uh, would be those times. And in that time, the Vancouver Canucks uh, had so many coaches again. They'd had Roger Nielsen for two years, who took over on an interim basis in 1982 uh, after Harry Neal was suspended in the Roger Nielsen promotion. Uh, There's a lot of history that we can go into here. Roger Nielsen was promoted, right, because of Harry Neal's suspension, and that led to the Miracle Run in 82 for the Canucks. Uh, Nielsen was fired uh, in 1984. Um, He was fired by Harry Neal uh, on January 19th, 1984. So Neal coached the rest of the season. Then the 84-85 season, um, just looking back here... um, That was the Bill LaForge season. Oh my goodness. And there's a lot of interesting history about Bill LaForge. Um, Bill LaForge was fired after 20 games, four 14 and two record. Harry Neal replaced him again. We got to the next season, uh, 1985, 1986. And who do we have as the next coach? Uh, Just looking down here. Anyway, it's interesting kind of pattern here, right? It shows the same kind of turmoil. with the uh, Canucks then hiring Tom Watt as a head coach for 1985-1986. Uh, looking back through there, 1986-1987, uh, infamous because of obviously the, the trade for Cam Neely to the Boston Bruins for Barry Peterson. We know what uh, Cam Neely turned into. And then in January of 87, uh, Pat Quinn uh, accepting a post as president and general manager of the Vancouver Canucks. But yet again in that short period... Uh, the Canucks basically had, look at those head coaches, Nielsen, Neil, Bill LaForge, Neil, Tom Watt. So another, probably one of the darkest areas, eras of Canuck history, probably darker than anything now, or even, um, the Mike Keenan era. Although the Jim Benning era technically was longer from 2014 to, to, uh, 2021. And they had Willie Desjardins and, and Travis Green as coaches there. But, uh, on to the positive Canucks news too. Uh, there's, some, there's some good stuff out there about the Sedins the and Roberto Luongo being inducted last week into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, we all know how good the Sedins are. I'm not going to go extensively into their background or their history with the Canucks. Um, I'm going to assume you have some knowledge of the Canucks team and uh, what they brought to the team. But my own Sedin stories uh, relate to seeing them play uh, in the 1999-2000 season, uh, in their first season watching them over the next several seasons uh, with Mark Crawford as head coach, uh, then Elaine Vigneault uh, having watched them in the 2001 playoffs uh, with on a line with Todd Bertuzzi after Marcus Laslin was out for that season breaking his leg. The Canucks had no hope of being the Colorado Avalanche in the first round, and they were swept in four games. But you even in that series in 2001 saw some Real Sedin-like flashes, and we all know what they turned into. Uh, Then mentioning Todd Bertuzzi, of course. Todd Bertuzzi traded for Roberto Luongo uh, to Florida at the time. Uh, And obviously Dave Donis was the Canucks GM who traded for Luongo. um, And Bertuzzi went the other way. And so uh, there's other players in that deal, too. Actually, I'm going to look that up. But, uh, you know, those guys are probably some of the guys in Luongo and the Sedins who had the, uh, you know, some of the biggest impacts on the Canucks franchise after we started with all that negativity, uh, you know, we turned it into positivity. And the Sedins obviously came out of, you know, Brian Burke taking over uh, and getting rid of Mike Keenan. And then he was able to build a, a fairly effective team there as well with a number of drafts and uh, trades that he made. So we're reflecting a little bit on Canucks history here today, but it's kind of important given currently what's going on Maybe a lot of fans don't realize uh, some past eras of the Canucks, uh, how truly bad this team was in other eras uh, beyond sort of 2021 and 2022. Uh, But moving on here to uh, another piece of positive hockey news uh, is for the Vancouver Giants, who play tomorrow night again as well. They face the Kamloops Blazers at the Langley Event Center, Uh, their playoff foes in the Kamloops Blazers from the 2021-2022 season. Uh, I was at the Kamloops Blazers game against the Giants back in May of this year, uh, which the Giants actually won, but they ultimately didn't win that series against Kamloops. But what's really special about this game is the uh, Team Canada 1972 Summit Series they're going to do an acknowledgement of with some uh, replica uniforms. Uh, I'm really happy to see that. I wasn't alive during the 72 Summit Series. Uh, But when you look at some of the players that are being brought in for this... Uh, it's really, really impressive. Uh, Dennis Hull, uh, Yvonne Cornway, Peter Mahovlich, and Dale Talon, who is a Canucks, uh, player at the time on the 72 team. Dale was the first, uh, pick of the Canucks ever in the actual entry draft. And there's a nice bit of Canucks history there too about, and I'll share it in a future podcast about how, how Dale was drafted and the misinterpretation of the numbers chosen by the Canucks. Uh, with talent, but those four players are going to be on hand, which is pretty special. Uh, Dennis Hull, obviously, like his brother Bobby, a former Blackhawks player. Um, and so it's really nice to see this kind of positive uh, move around the Giants and just that they're going to acknowledge uh, this, um, how special the 72 Summit Series is, right? Um, I'm also actually reading a book on the 72 Summit Series right now uh, written from the perspective, and it's a true story, obviously, uh, for a gentleman, and I don't have the author's name in front of me. Uh, talking about how he was actually working for the uh, embassy in Moscow during the '72 su- summit series, amongst other things, uh, and just how important that was, but also uh, all the ins and outs of the politics and all the all the politics and history, you know, with the Cold War that were going on and at the at the time, and I'll actually refer to it in a future podcast. But it's a pretty special book. Um, But yeah, no, that's another interesting piece of uh, history from that 72 Summit series that I've been able to read. And uh, let's move on a little bit here to the Vancouver Whitecaps. Actually, this is a really packed podcast this week because there's a lot of Whitecaps news as well. And I didn't get a chance to grab all of uh, the news from today. But um, what the Whitecaps have done with their roster, and they've made a lot of a lot of changes. Um, they've exercised the major league contract for 2023 on centre-back Derek Cornelius. Uh, Cornelius is on loan to the Greek Super League. Uh, the club did not exercise the contract option for striker to St. Ricketts. Uh, centre Florian Youngworth are both eligible now for MLS for agency. I'm just looking at a Whitecaps press release here. Uh, five players not returning at all include goalkeeper Cody Cropper, who filled in pretty admirably for Thomas Tassel when he was out. Uh, defenders Marcus Godino and longtime Caps player Jake Norwinsky is now gone. So Leonard Owosu, striker Lucas Cavallini. Uh, Cavallini, Godino, and Owosu are eligible for the MLS re entry draft while Cropper and Narwinski are eligible for MLS free agency. So there's going to be a lot of new faces on that uh, Whitecaps team again this year. I have a feeling the uh, Whitecaps will have Thomas Essel in goal with Isaac Bomer and Max Anker uh, as backup goalies. Returning next year on defense, we've seen uh, some other familiar names uh, Tristan Blakeman, Javane Brown, like I mentioned, Cornelius, Julian Gressel, uh, Christian Gutierrez, Louis Martins. Uh, midfielders, obviously, Ryan Gold's going to be back. One of the main reasons why I'm watching the Whitecaps. Uh, Ryan Raposo, Russell Tybert's still going to be there. Uh, forwards, we're still going to have uh, Kristen Diome, uh, Brian White. So, um, you know, the caps are uh, following up here too. Uh, Free agency is on November 16th, and then uh, stage two of the the re-entry process is actually running today. The MLS uh, draft takes place on December 21st. And um, the other bit of news here, I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast, is the multi-year partnership between MLS and Apple to watch all the MLS games and League Cup games on the Apple TV app. I'm not sure how, how happy I am about this. Uh, you know, I see why they're doing it, but um, if you're a regular uh, cable subscriber and you get something like TSN or Sportsnet, you used to get all the a lot of the Whitecaps games on TSN, so I'm not going to get those anymore. So somehow paying for Apple TV, I'm not sure if I'm super happy about that. I'm assuming it's still going to be the $5.99 a month price. It's been when I've watched other programs, uh, but it is a little bit disappointing for me to to lose it from TSN. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, how good the broadcasts are on Apple TV in terms of the commentators, uh, with TSN, you know, having people like Greg Price. I'm trying to think of who else I remember from the from the TSN broadcasts who I thought were quite effective. Um, and the other thing the Caps have here too, uh, the start to the 2023 preseason, uh, prepped Palm Springs, California, uh, CONCACAF uh, Champions League and the League's Cup, the 2023 season, Uh, reporting players on January 6th, on-field training January 9th, three-week training camp begins in Palm Springs on January 30th, Uh, Coachella Valley Invitational, I just saw this too, this has been on for a while, I haven't been able to dig into it, hosts 12 MLS teams. Um, And so there's lots of interesting information uh, following the camp. The Caps will return on February 18th. So I've laid out those dates, and I'm just looking um, when the actual breakdown is. doesn't say when the actual season starts. I'm assuming it's going to be after that. Uh, but return to Vancouver is February the 18th of 2023. And uh, just a couple of other signings, too, by the Caps. Uh, Ali Ahmed, who was on the um, WFC2 team, has now moved up uh, to the Club 4. 2023 so that's another piece of positive news for the caps but i gotta keep going here uh to get more news in uh vancouver canadians news uh just an interesting note here infielder uh addison barger who we mentioned probably in the spring in the podcast as being a northwest league player of the week has now gotten himself to be on the toronto blue jays um, major league roster after going from the canadians to new hampshire and up to buffalo um Barger is potentially on the Blue Jays' major league roster. Um, and the Canadians also announcing and starting to announce more of their uh, ticket packages for next season. I uh, probably won't be buying anything in advance. It'll be um, just getting walk up tickets or buying tickets in advance, probably next spring, like I was doing this year. But uh, that's an interesting piece of news. If you watched uh, a guy like Addison Barger play last year, you could see how good he was uh, and some of his stats. And the fact that I saw him get the uh, player of the week. But let's keep moving here, too, because we're even busier with the Warriors uh, announcing, I've talked about their uh, season in the past, their home opener on December 16th against the Calgary Roughnecks. Uh, The the Warriors announcing their theme nights uh, starting on Friday, December 16th. Uh, Looking down some of these theme nights here. um, Versus Las Vegas on January 14th, college night. Uh, December 16th, I mentioned, is the home opener. Uh, We've got stuff like a St. Patrick's Day. Uh, we got a fan appreciation night next Saturday, April 2023, 20, on the April the 29th. Uh, the Desert Dogs are here January the 14th. That's the Las Vegas expansion team. Uh, Colorado Mammoth, who won the NLL Cup this year, here on uh, March the 25th. Uh, and as I mentioned, maybe not very nicely to the uh, Warriors on Twitter, let's not have a theme night where we see another 15-5 uh, pounding at the hands of the uh Toronto Rock, but I'm actually not sure if the Rock are here this year. Uh, Looking down some of the other teams, though, always a great rivalry against the uh, Calgary Roughnecks. Um, Saw Panther City play last year against uh, the Warriors. Uh, Calgary again here February 17th for Pride Night. So there's some really good uh, theme nights coming up as well, and it's good to see uh, the Warriors inching closely to their season as we uh, move now ahead to the last piece in our podcast, after we've given out so much information here is the BC Lions, who have ended the season now at 12 and 6, uh, losing in the Western final to Winnipeg uh, 28 to 20 this past Sunday, which was a bit of a disappointing end of the season. Um, but you know, the Lions fought so hard, and you know, for a guy like Rourke to come back and for the Lions to actually make the postseason and win the Western semifinal. Uh, it's all on the up and up for the BC Lions, the way I see it. Uh, immediately, though, almost after the game, from Adam Schefter, who tweeted that on November 15th, uh, BC Lions quarterback Nathan Work, uh, who led the CFL in passer rating this series, season, as we know, and is nominated for uh, most outstanding Canadian, uh, is set to begin working out with NFL teams next week. Uh, you know, it, people immediately taking to Twitter and to Facebook groups and whatever else and just overreacting about this. The fact that Rourke has some tryouts, I don't think anybody should be surprised at that. Uh, I think there's so much to understand around those tryouts. I don't even understand all of it, but I think of a number of great CFL quarterbacks who went on to have uh, careers and, you know, seasons in the NFL. I think about a guy like Jeff Garcia who played for the uh, Calgary Stampeders. He was in the CFL for a while. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. Uh, or you think about Doug Flutie, who started with the Lions and then went to the Calgary Stampeders and played for the Argos. Like he went to the NFL as well. It does not mean that Nathan is going to leave the team next season. It does not mean that he's going to not come back to the CFL. All these are are tryouts. Um, you know, I think he has every right to try out. I think it it is makes complete sense for him to do this. There's varying theories around it about whether. Uh, it's going to work out for him. I wondered if he would just go down to the NFL and just be a backup quarterback and hold a cliff board, uh, you know, and just basically be standing on the sidelines, which I'm not sure that he's satisfied with. Um, you know, there's a whole number of factors about what's about what's happening with Nathan uh, and, you know, what he plans to do with his career. I don't think he's done with the Lions necessarily yet. Uh, I think it's I think it's way too tough to call it to just simply say that's it for work. I mean, if he does leave, the Lions proved, and they you know, they got Vernon Adams as quarterback. It took him a while to get settled and adjusted. Having a guy like Adams as a quarterback uh, is a decent option for the next CFL season. We'll see what other kind of movements there are around free agents and quarterbacks in the CFL uh, offseason. And so there's just too many things up in the air right now. I'm th- I don't think it's a surprise for Rourke to have tryouts. Uh, personally, but yeah, we closed the book on the Lions' season, which is sad. Um, and you know, we're going to see where it goes from there. But there is definitely a lot of optimism around the organization uh, at the end of this season. This is the Golden, Golden v, podcast. v Podcast. The Golden V Podcast is a Vancouver, Canada-based podcast talking Vancouver sports. We talk about hockey, football baseball, soccer, and other sports, including the Canucks, Lions, Vancouver Whitecaps, Canadians, and any other relevant sports news in the Vancouver, Canada area.